0: And welcome to Connections Radio Show, where we talk about ideas that matter. I'm glad you've made the connection and are with us today. I'm Laurie Fitz, your host. And as you know, the goal of our show is to explore a wide range of topics that challenge us to see ourselves, our community, and the world around us that get us thinking, that allow us to explore things that sometimes we're not comfortable about, but need to be looked at and need to be changed. And today we're addressing issues of crimes against children. And what does that look like in an example that it's right here in our community? Uh, I have two very brave, I call them my sheroes, who are here to share their story and their challenges in a a current lawsuit that's going on, but also their greater vision for how do we make change. And in order to do that, We need to make the connection to how important this is, and we need to make the connection of what we all can do. And I believe their stories will help inform and inspire us uh, to be thinking about how do we look at our responsibility in protecting children. I have a friend of mine who's part of the show today. Her name is Laura Stearns. She's been on our show. She is an amazing actor. When she's on stage, the stage sparkles um, because she brings... um, great heart and great thought and great inspiration to every role I have seen her
1: in. Laura Stearns, thank you for being here today. Thank you, Lori, for having us and for giving us this platform. It's really important and we really appreciate it.
0: Well, you are making a strong stand and you're making a strong stand for women and for children and for individuals who have been assaulted Mm. and what are the ramifications of that assault and being able to call it out called Truth to Power, that this is wrong and that there needs to be change. And whatever our community can do to support you in that journey is important. I also have a co uh for this case, uh, Gina Penn Tracy, mm-hmm. who has come forward. She has been uh, Jane Doe, but feels very strongly that her voice and who she is Uh, needs to be known, and she's ready to talk about her experience and her ideas of how to move forward. Uh, Gina Pantracy is right now a socially responsible investment advisor, Mm -hmm. but she was also a student with Laura uh, at the Children's Theater Company. In, In putting some context into some foundation, there's some listeners that may have known of the Children's Theater Company, may have heard, well, there was something going on there, do you want to give just at least the history of how you two met, perhaps, at the mm. Children's <laughs> Theater Company? And, <laughs> oh, I think I've got a good one there. Oh. Um, and then some of the context of, of what happened back then and what led you to make a decision to eventually be able to call it out, um, mm-hmm. what you faced and what you endured.
1: Yeah, for me, uh, I'll just kind of go right, right back to the very beginning. Um, my mother set up an audition for me for the Children's Theater. And I was actually a little upset with her at the time because she pushed me and wanted to, you know, give me an opportunity to do something that um, everybody considered to be an an opportunity Mm -hmm. for young artists. And And she believed in you. Oh, completely. Mm -hmm. And of course, I was really excited, but I was a little bit like, I wanted to make that decision for myself. (laughs) Um, so, So I went to the audition and And I got in. And it was um, considered a very prestigious school Mm -hmm. and very difficult to get into. So I was so honored that I was chosen to be a part of this. And um, so I walked into it very wide-eyed. And... um, and I, from the very time I was very very little, all I could ever imagine being was a performer of some kind, singing or acting. It just was part of it in my blood. And and it had a national reputation
0: of of producing artists that of the highest caliber.
1: Absolutely. So it had that sort of pedigree, the stamp. Mm-hmm. So those of us who were children there did have this. Sparkle. I don't yeah. know. But there was just something about the kids that were chosen there. Um, and just, just to also give a little bit of context around how I showed up and why I was vulnerable to the things that were happening there. Um, I personally was assaulted when I was 10 years old. The first time um, I was uh, molested by a friend of my brother's. So I already had some damage walking into that space, and also young artists, kids, they're considered weird or abnormal when they gravitate towards the arts. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they used to call us, and in the public school, we were the, the theater fags, mm. and that's just, you know, it, you you feel really horrible, and you right. don't... Uh, embrace that part of yourself. So when I showed up at Children's Theater, I found my tribe, you know, and so it felt so like joy. I had arrived. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I was at home.
2: Yeah, you and feel I like you
1: you found your people. For sure. Right. Oh. And and I uh, – so having walk, walked in with both of those things being true, having this young budding artist and also some damage created an opportunity for some people who wanted to take advantage of – young people and i was that, i was a target
0: well you were vulnerable yep you felt like this were as you said your people mm-hmm. and so there's there can be an aura of safety when you think that you're with your people, you think that you're going to be protected. You think that you can explore artistic vulnerabilities because you assume you're in a safe space. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. But and it I, wasn't safe. I came from Iowa. So mm-hmm. I was living in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, and the theater had an outreach program that came to my school. They did uh, like a week-long program, and then they asked me to come up to uh, the summer program. And at the summer program, they asked me to come to school full time and assured my family that, you know, there were places to stay and they watched over everybody who was in from out of town. But I arrived a month and a half later and nobody was at the bus stop to come meet me. I didn't have a place to stay. It was a complete uh, amateur hour. I mean, Mm -hmm. as a parent now, I look at it and go, that what they were telling parents and what they were actually doing were completely different as far as just accommodating and, and providing basic safety for the kids that were coming in from out of town. The school had been an after-school program for many years from, I think, the 60s through the, mid, the late 70s, and they started the high school in
1: 80. 81 right? was the 81. first. The fall of 1981 was the first year that the conservatory school started. Mm-hmm. So it
2: was an all-day academic, high school, a theater school program.
0: Did they eventually find you a space, to, a place to stay? Yeah, they,
2: well, they found me a temporary place with one family. Then they found me another temporary place with another family. And then they finally found me a place to rent a room from a family where they rented rooms out to college kids. And so they looked at me like I was a college kid and didn't have any sort of oversight in my life at all. And I, I had to pay my own rent because my family was not able to pay anything for me. So I was working, trying to go to (laughs) school, and pay my own bills. Fourteen years old. Yeah, I was fourteen when I moved up when I came up to the theater school, and then turned fifteen right before I came up for the academic year.
0: That alone is terrifying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that alone that you believe some place is going to take care of your child and they are pursuing you, wanting you to be part of this program, and then it's, oh, yeah, where is she? Yeah. What, what, what do I need to do now? And
1: th- that was sort of um, in, in the, the theater, we were expected to be like adults. That was uh, John Donny, who was the artistic director, and his philosophy was that if you remove these boundaries, and have there be no differentiation between an adult artist and a child artist, that child will bloom and blossom as an artist in a different way than if they have those boundaries. So, but boundaries w- keep you safe, exactly, Lori, yeah. exactly. Yeah. But those boundaries were removed, so we had for the sake like- of the art, exactly, and
2: they were. It, it was structural. So the the kids that were in high school there, we had to crew a show. It was mandatory. And we had to stay at the theater however long it took to do rehearsals, long past the time when buses were no longer running. There was no way to get back home. Kids were sleeping in the school or at each other's Apartments, because a lot of us had apartments because we didn't have any place else to to live. Like my second, my third year, I had an apartment that I and, rented and at that on my point own.
0: you were like sixteen or seventeen.
2: Yeah, I was seventeen on my my senior year when I had my own apartment and my own job and you know navigating life as an adult basically.
0: But, but predators, I assume, want there to be no boundaries. Oh yeah. And oh, that, that's that, like a and, little field and that, day for them. Yeah, and then th- that power differential. Um, they have all power over you.
1: They absolutely do. And well, the way things were set up, um, because of John's charismatic leadership, for lack of a better term, he had the community surrounding him and supporting him and what he was doing at this school, regardless of what was happening. There were rumors for a long time. Um, people knew that something was happening there, but because the art was so important, they allowed things to continue. And John continued to get away with that, which meant that that was people in the the world of... Uh, pedophilia, child molesters, they find out about something like that and they gravitate to it. It's like a magnet right. because they know that there's going to be some safety for them. Nobody's and, going to say anything. And the folks that should say something, there's a willful Willful
0: ignorance, ignorance 100%. And mm-hmm. when that willful ignorance occurs,
1: uh, it almost becomes a cognitive dissonance where they don't want to look at it. Yeah. Well, they, they can't in some respects, but... Um, In the arts in particular, I think people have a hard time understanding how could this have happened. Uh, And one of the reasons that I I think it's important to to recognize is that uh, in theater, you are constantly looking for work. It is not like you get a job and then you have that for the next three years. You have it for the next three months. And... Also in the arts, we are digging deep inside of ourselves and have to make ourselves extremely vulnerable. So you have some very um, uh, deeply human people, but they also are can be very um, malleable. Mm-hmm. So, um, oh, I hear the music going. <laughs> I hear the music. We can come back to that.
0: Yes, I think it's important. And I think it's important to set the stage of how the vulnerability was abused yeah. and White what have been the consequences away. and a, a culture that was built that allowed. And I think it's the culture that's being yeah. fought more than anything. We talk about
2: grooming. So yeah. let's talk about grooming. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: We'll be back. Um, stay with us with this conversation. It's an important one. And it's one that um, we can do something about and we should. So you're listening to AM 950, The Progressive Voice of Minnesota. And this is Connections Radio Show, where we talk about things that matter. And we're particularly talking about something very important today.
3: I'm Peter Rackliff from the Eastside Freedom Library, and I'd like to tell you about an historic place on Payne Avenue. Brunson's Pub is a place where history and passion are a part of every detail— starting with the menu. The Payne neighborhood arose from Dakota people who lived here for hundreds of years and pioneering immigrant communities, Irish, Swedes, German, and Italians, who made the East Side their home. More recently, waves of new residents from Asia, Latin America, and Africa continue the rich immigrant history and are revitalizing the community's cultural life and economy. Come experience Brunson's Pub at 956 Payne Avenue and grab a discounted gift card when you mention that you're an AM 950 listener or a supporter of the Eastside Freedom Library. Be sure to check out Brunson'sPub.com.
4: On June 16th, say thanks, Dad, with the Park Tavern. From 11 until 2, it's the Father's Day Barbecue Buffet. St. Louis style ribs, barbecue chicken, grilled burgers with all the fixings, corn, watermelon, all the sides, and dessert too. Dad gets a free pint of beer and a t-shirt, and there's an hour free bowling with your reservation. 20.95 for adults, 14.95 for seniors, 10.95 for kids, and five and under are free. On Louisiana Avenue, north of Highway 7 in St. Louis Park, on June 16th, say I love you, Dad, with the Father's Day Barbecue Buffet at the Park Tavern.
2: I'm Connie Burek, co-host of Awakened Living Infusion Radio Show. Join Michelle Kitzmiller and I as we focus on all aspects of health, wellness, spirituality, and growth from a mind-body-spirit-emotion perspective. On the Awakened Living Radio Show, we will discuss stress, self-care, fear, happiness, beliefs, communication, joy, pain, trauma, and more. Join us for the Awakened Living Infusion Radio Show, Saturdays at 10 a.m. Let us share with you ways to infuse vitality into life.
5: This is Chad, owner of AM950, here to tell you about Snap Construction. They're experts in roofing, siding, window, and insurance restoration. They have energy-efficient products available for both residential and commercial properties. This spring, when we needed a company to take a look at a problem with our roof, I called the company I knew I could trust, Snap Construction. (laughs) I've known Ryan, the owner, at Snap Construction for years, so I knew I could trust him. Don't just take my word for it check out their reviews online. They are arguably the most well-reviewed exterior contractor online in the metro area. Over the years, Ryan has always said the same thing to me about his work. If we build it, shouldn't we be held accountable for the work indefinitely? He backed that statement up years ago when Snap Construction was a pioneer in offering a lifetime craftsmanship guarantee on all their work. For a free estimate or general questions, call the locally owned company AM950 Trusts Snap Construction at 612-333-SNAP. That's 612-333-SNAP, or find them online at snapconstruction.com. They have financing options available. Welcome back. We're at Connections Radio Show today. I'm your
0: host, Lori Fitz, and we talk about connections. Sometimes we talk about disconnections in order to talk about connections. and We're doing that today as we're talking about crimes against children, how do we protect them, what has been the past? How does the culture uh, need to be addressed in terms of recognizing we need to keep children safe, and especially um, in the arts? And it, it's one of—artists uh, want to believe that our space is sacred, and when that space is violated, it's very difficult to know what to do. And part of our, our conversation today is, is going to be encouraging all of us to think about what can we do. How can we make the connection to knowing that we do have power and we can speak truth to power and we can do that with a strong voice and many voices becoming one voice to speak that? I have Laura Stearns, who is an actor, who is an activist, um, and who I find brilliant. <laughs> She's been on oh, our show a few so times. Sweet. <laughs> yes. And I also have Gina Pentracy, um, who is also a litigant. Uh, this is We're talking about the Children's Theater Company. She no longer does any acting. After she left the Children's Theater, she shut the door on that art, mm-hmm. um, which is a heartbreak as well. You know, when you believe in your art and want to be an artist, um, at what cost have been the abuse to children that have perhaps denied us of seeing artists on stage? That that we would have loved to have had uh, the opportunity to see their art. She's now a socially responsible investment advisor. So I see that what you're doing is paying forward, so that we all can have a better society in terms of even what we invest in. Yeah. Uh, as we look, our our first segment, we talked a little bit about early days of you both being at the children's theater, the challenges of neglect. Essentially, okay. I would call uh, mm-hmm. of yeah, children, call left, it that. <laughs> children left children left on their own to try and figure out. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe all, just the the lack of oversight and supervision um, is criminal. <laughs> that it, it in was itself. extraordinary. Yeah, it was yeah. really extraordinary. Uh, but I want to dig a little deeper uh, and look at how big a problem this was. Huh. This isn't a matter of two or three. No, the scope no. of this. Needs to be wrestled with and yeah. i'd like to have you share what is the scope that we're dealing with well
2: we we know right now that we've got documented names of over twenty perpetrators and over one hundred victims so obviously not everybody has come forward to be a litigant we've got twenty or not we've got seventeen litigants and uh, five perpetrators as part of the the legal process, but we're standing Um, for a much larger community that was wounded over a long period of time.
0: And you're also standing for all children in the future and how you want to protect them.
2: Yeah. One in four girls and one in six boys by the time they're 18. That's one of the studies that that, uh, children will be assaulted at that rate. So are are being assaulted. I, I try to put it in the current time frame mm-hmm. because it's so easy for our brains to put this in the past.
0: And, and almost dismiss it because that was then. Right. This is now. So we don't
2: really right. need to this look at that. This is an
1: old story. Yeah. That's what people want to yeah. say about CTC in particular.
0: But there is no gradation of bad to worse. It's all bad. It's all bad. So how (laughs) variations on bad. Right. So it seems to me not worth a debate to say it's less bad doing this or it's more bad doing that. What is wrong and what is bad needs to be called out. Right. But there are people that are bystanders Mm -hmm. that kinda know the open secret, but have chosen not to address it.
2: Yeah, we've got a, a fellow student. Her parents looked at her when she was getting ready to to come to the theater and said, "Well, little boys are being abused, but you should be safe."
0: They knew. Did they, she? Did they share it with her in that way that you know? By the way, you might see probably not
2: that. But I, I I don't think they were that blunt about it. I think that they were. They did say, "Keep your eyes open, keep a lookout, because we we know boys are."
0: I, I was, just – I'm it, sort of stunned. I can't imagine a parent knowing that boys were being abused and did not say, stop, look, listen, there needs to be change here. That not where – not yeah. when I'm spending my money to send a yeah. child to school. I don't want to send them into an environment where I know that little boys are being I,
2: – I think there's a there's this – there were this layers there were these layers of denial where people thought, well, it's it's just older teenagers – and you that's know, okay that that wasn't and true. And and they thought maybe oh that might be just part of gay culture, so it's you know it's sixteen seventeen year olds that's not true. It,
1: it wasn't it Donahue's was victims
2: went down to that we know that he uh, admitted to down to ten years old. Um, I personally think his victims were much younger, mm-hmm. but uh, there there are different ways of denying. Mm-hmm. And we talked about grooming before we went. Into the last uh, break, grooming happens with children uh, from perpetrators, where the the perpetrator will try to normalize, you know, looking at pornography, drinking, uh, touching. They walk the the children into the perpetration slowly to try and ma- normalize it. Mm-hmm. What we saw at Children's Theater was a grooming of an entire community, where. Well, pushing children is okay. Allowing children to express themselves is okay. Allowing children to see adults naked is okay. We had children that were dressers to adult men or women, helping them change clothes. Uh, Adults and children touching is okay. Uh, Adult and older... Teenage relationships are okay. And so then the boundaries
1: the, just keep getting... They just... Fuzzier and fuzzier or nonexistent. And over two and, decades, and, and, and that and really
2: breaks down.
0: Perhaps some intimidation as well, mm-hmm. that if you're not doing that, mm-hmm. well, what's wrong with you? Why aren't
1: oh, you Oh, being... absolutely. Yeah. Don absolutely. Donahue was
2: not afraid to use his power. <laughs> he was not afraid to punish people.
0: That's painful, even to, to be thinking that we, as a community... Had a sense of something was going on, so it's taken a while for all of this to be in plain sight, mm-hmm. and now it, we're putting it in plain sight. We're, we're trying
1: to. It still isn't, Lori. I mean, there me are elements. That. I mean, yeah. you know, when I decided to uh, to come forward to file suit, um, it was not just because I had a story to tell. It was because there was a larger story to tell. And people like Gina and the other litigants needed a door to walk through. And the Minnesota Child Victims Act gave us that door. What year was that? That was in uh, 2015 was when I filed. The Child mm-hmm. Victims Act was written to law in 2013 and it closed in 2016. Well, the window did. The, right. the, the, the Victims Act is now you know, from here on out. But um, so, so was it, that
0: part of your empowerment?
1: Absolutely, uh, but it really did, for me, take more than just that idea that I can tell my story for myself because I knew how big this thing was. It needed to be told on a bigger – which is what, you know, really drives me right. is that it, this is so much bigger than anybody knows. The full story has not been told yet, only a sliver of it, and people have heard some of the stuff that's out there right now. And they don't even know what, like, what a, yeah. a fraction of what was going on.
0: What I'd like to do is, in our next segment, talk about the trial. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. What happened? Um, I, I'm moved that it gave you a sense of empowerment, but that was just the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. The the you faced challenges all along the way, and roadblocks, and uh, a challenging to silence your voices, and this is about allowing your voices to be heard through Connections. So we're glad you're here.
1: Thank you.
0: We'll be back after a short break. Stay tuned to Connections Radio Show here on AM 950,
6: the progressive voice of Minnesota. Wild dancing, boisterous music, and a love story set against the backdrop of the Bosnian War. Park Square Theater presents Heaven by Theater in Residence Flying Foot Forum. A tale of finding common ground rather than fighting those who are different from us. Friendship, love, and painfully beautiful moments come to life through heart-stopping percussive dance. Balkan party music performed by Orquise star BZ May. And driving songs by Chan Polig of the suburbs. Heaven runs May 31st through June 23rd. Find out more at parksquaretheater.org.
1: Visit the wine bar at Café Latte and enjoy a unique handcrafted pizza and glass of wine, the perfect place for an intimate night or an evening with friends. Choices range from spicy Italian sausage and sweet roasted peppers to the one-of-a-kind nacho chicken pizza layered with blue corn tortilla chips. The approachable wine list offers over 30 by the glass, with special emphasis on wines from Washington State. End your night with one of Café Latte's melt-in-your-mouth desserts, 850 Grand Avenue, St. Paul. Eat fresh and support local farmers this summer by shopping at the Minneapolis Farmers Market. The market has the best selection of fresh and local fruits and vegetables, meats, and farmstead goods. It's not too late to pick up plants and flowers. Also, fresh at the market is asparagus, rhubarb, and green onions. The Minneapolis Farmers Market is open every day, 6 a.m. to 1 p.m. Plus, there's additional locations Tuesdays at the Hennepin County Government Center and Thursdays at Nicollet Mall. More details at mplsfarmersmarket.com.
0: This
4: is New Beginnings, hosted by award-winning broadcaster and speaker, Freddie Bell.
1: Freddie, this generation of the baby boomers, people are living longer, so the baby boomers are taking care of elderly
5: parents. Let's talk about your health, and specifically, let's talk about Medicare. Our show features the concerns of America's 78 million baby boomers in employment, finance, health and nutrition, and even entertainment.
4: Catch New Beginnings with Freddie Bell, Saturdays at 11 on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota.
3: I'm Peter Rackliff from the Eastside Freedom Library, and I'd like to tell you about an historic place on Payne Avenue, Brunson's Pub. Experience history and passion through the delicious menu, reflecting the Eastside's diversity. The choices are limitless. Salads, sandwiches, burgers, and shareable plates. Visit Brunson's Pub at 956 Payne Avenue and grab a discounted gift card when you mention that you're an AM950 listener or a supporter of the Eastside Freedom Library. Be sure to check out Brunson'sPub.com.
4: With your AM 950 weather, this is Eric Nelson. Today, showers and thunderstorms after 4 p.m. with a high of 76 and a low around 58. Sunday, the thunderstorms continue with a high of 69 and a low around 54. Monday will be mostly sunny with a high near 74 and a low around 57. Eat Local Minnesota is a great way to find locally owned Minnesota restaurants. Make sure the money you spend stays local, featuring great restaurants such as Burger Moe's, The Bad Waitress, Cafe Latte, and more. Find a full list of restaurants at EatLocalMinnesota.com.
0: Welcome back to Connections Radio Show. I'm Laurie Fitz, your host. We are talking about disconnects. and Sometimes our show doesn't um, dwell on all the positive connections. Uh, Sometimes there's a negative connection and that we need to think through, discuss, uh, and figure out new ways to connect in healthier, better uh, ways that protect children. And we're talking about uh, how crimes against children hurt us all and leave scars and leave lasting imprints. But we can make a difference, and, and we can do something differently uh, in the future, and we can protect children in the future. Uh, many of you know that there has been a lawsuit uh, against the Children's Theatre Company uh, for sexual abuse of children. And I have uh, Laura Stearns, who has led the way, in calling truth to power and saying no more. I also have a co litigant who had been a Jane Doe in the case, but because of Laura's bravery uh, and her own readiness to speak her truth, she is coming forward um, and naming herself as a part of the litigation. And we have uh, Gina Pentracy, who was actively a part of the school, Um, Had a dream about becoming an actor and left the school and left that dream behind. Uh, And how many other children are leaving dreams behind? And how are we looking at children uh, in ways that we seek to protect them and truly have them grow for their own reasons, not for someone else's reason of Uh, control and power? mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We've talked about some of the power that was over both of you. Uh, the controls, the lack of boundaries, um, how that became a, uh, an opportunity that was made easy and that there were bystanders that looked the other way because he's brilliant or this is producing good art and we all have to, you know, hurt for our art. Well, no, we need to protect children. So I, it, it took a lot for you to stand up and go, I'm going to sue. Part of it was the, the lawsuit, the, um, the law that allowed you to look at that opportunity. Right. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about what the process has been, because I think people have heard many different things about what this case has been, and I'd love to hear right from you. What was that like, and what were the key issues that you want folks to know?
1: Well, it, there's two main things that I would say. Um, the first one being, it is most definitely the most empowering thing that i have done to reclaim that part of my life that i gave away um... to stand up and um, use my voice in the way that i have there's nothing there's no amount of therapy that i've done up until now that allowed me to have that much of a leap in healing. So that's that. And also, it has been 100% the most difficult thing I have ever done as well. You've been under constant threat in many ways.
0: That in, there's it, a voice that they're silencing the voice, yep. silencing the putting it in the past. It doesn't happen now, so why are you so upset about what happened in the fe- in the past right. or how do you Because it's make- not
1: the past for me. It is my life. Right. And with trauma, that doesn't go away. You know, you carry that trauma with you. And it may be in the past for somebody else. But literally, the way you you live trauma, you relive it as if, you know, your body recognizes it as it's happening in the moment. And yeah. you were saying about how
0: children can't process threat.
2: Right. Children, especially when they're younger, and there were much younger victims than us, uh, they process trauma As if their life is threatened. Even when you, as an adult, you can look at it and say, oh, I wasn't really, my life wasn't threatened. Children process that as, I could die. Right. And then when the perpetrator says, I'm going to go after your parents if you don't, if you talk— or I know where you live, or I know or what if, you're saying.
0: Or if you tell your friends or you tell Children someone you love, believe you, that. we will hurt they you. They take
2: it yeah. in that way, and their bodies process it as if their life is threatened. And so it's stored in your brain as this very quick neurological response, PTSD, PTSD is not the same as depression. It's not the same as anxiety. It gets processed in your brain as an autonomic response. Your body goes boom. Death. I'm I'm adrenaline. A yep, yeah. and so healing from that takes a big <laughs> leap.
0: And, 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 and to be able to make um, cho- choices that are in the moment. More healthy for yourself right. instead of the fight or flight. Right,
1: but there's fight or flight, but there's also freeze, Lori. And yeah. I didn't recognize that until I got into exactly. therapy mm-hmm. and understood that you know there there is this other reaction that happens. It's like a rabbit yeah, under fear. You, 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 you don't, just stop. Yeah, there, and that's what happens. I think to a lot of children is they just don't know how to process it, so they just freeze. Um, and speaking of, just of, of therapy. I did not understand that a crime had been committed against me until I was in therapy in my 30s, and my therapist said, referred to the the person who raped me as the perpetrator, and I was like, oh, perpetrator—that's the word they use on Law and Order, you know? Mm-hmm. Like that just right. didn't register. And she said, no, Laura, this was a crime, and that I was 35 years old or something at the time, and and I was like, wow. So, so that, how did you process it before you realized that a crime? Did you? That he
0: was a bad person and that he was hurtful, and but it was just
1: someone doing bad things. Yeah. But not necessarily the level of,
0: no, this is against
1: the law. Right. I mean, you have to, in order to cope with something, you have to frame it in a way that makes it uh, palatable, for lack of a better word. Mm-hmm. And you— You you name it in a way.
2: Well, yeah. and par- part of the grooming process at the theater was to normalize this behavior. And so you walked away from that experience going— Am I the one that screwed up because I can't handle what happened to me? Right. So
0: gaslighting. Yeah, oh, you completely. you
2: really think oh. that this is <laughs> yeah. this was okay until you get far enough away from it and for me it was having children me too. early in my 20s going, "Oh hell no, I would yeah. not let my <laughs> children around these people." Right. So it, you you have to get far enough away from the grooming to understand what actually happened to
0: you yeah. so that you can see the culture for what it is
2: yeah and th- and, and see your own trauma for what it mm-hmm. is that it's a, a normal response to an abnormal situation instead of making yourself wrong i was massively dysfunctional for my 20s because of the trauma mm-hmm. and i blamed myself until I got far
0: enough and, away and from it. And you took responsibility, like something that you could fix. Right. Well, I right? did, Well, there's luckily. something wrong with
2: me.
1: I'm <laughs> right. broken. Right. Not somebody right. broke me or did something. Right. It's just like, I can't cope. I right. can't deal. Yeah.
2: And luckily, I did take ownership of it and did a lot of therapy and healing and and got through it to a, a large extent.
0: I think it's so important that we talk about it as PSTD. We, we look at vets coming mm-hmm. back and we know that they've seen horrors mm-hmm. and so we understand that they have trauma i think it's important for folks to understand that children are traumatized
2: and children get traumatized when their parents fight and they think that their family is going to fall apart that's a trauma that they impacts them as if they're going to die when they're screamed at, when they're withheld food, when there's and all it, sorts of things, and they internalize it, they internalize fault. it as their fault, but also life-threatening. Their mm-hmm. bodies process it like they're under threat.
1: So they freeze. And, you know, you make decisions based on those things that happened to you as a child. And then that decision that you've made, you continue on through into your adult life, still living your life based on decisions you made when you were a child. And you don't even see the trajectory until you have that time to pause
0: and go, wait a minute.
2: And to kind of bring this back to children's theater, a lot of people that we talked to who were at the theater who weren't directly abused in the theater were other victims Victims of other sorts of abuse, both adults and children. Emotional abuse. And so abuse, they had already learned how to shut that down, how to put denial up, how to look the other way. They, it was a culture that gathered together of pedophiles operating, and a lot of the support people around them had been traumatized in some way or another, and so they could function in that space with the pedophiles. And children who had been abused in other ways who were very vulnerable to being abused more. And so, it,
1: and they're looking around them and seeing these adults that are just allowing this to happen. Mm-hmm. So they go, oh, I guess this is normal. Right. And those adults aren't saying, hey, stop, this is inappropriate. So you just go along with it because that becomes your normal. In your court case, you won. I did, yes. But? but I didn't. <laughs> yeah.
0: you, it was. It wasn't yeah. against the children. They didn't have this be right. something that the children's theater was responsible, even though they right. hired him and even though right. um, they were supervising him during yeah. that time. And the culture was just, you know. So, the theater company says that was then, not now. Right. We've got all these wonderful right. things in place. What struck me was after you won, and clearly you were the victim, mm-hmm. and clearly the court saw you as a victim. Mm-hmm. You know you can't recover a lot of those dollars because the person that it's ruled against is in Mexico and has sold all his worldly goods and there's no money. Jason McClain, let's yeah. say his name. Say his Jason. name, yep. So Jason McClain you, is, is down in Mexico and you'll not be able to reach that. Correct. The next step, which is horrifying, but also I think stems from the culture that the victim is wrong, mm-hmm. uh, Children's Theater Company came after you and said, yeah, you won, but you need to pay our court costs. right. And they, that was not a small amount.
1: No. No, it was basically would ruin me financially the number that they requested the cons- the court to consider. So
0: despite you being a victim, despite the court saying, yeah, this was terrible, she's right, this is wrong, she should win, Children's Theater still thinks it's okay to come after a victim right. for compensation. And you would be compensating them for defending the horrible things that happened to you, mm-hmm.
1: that's, yeah, and proving their negligence.
2: And this is one of the reasons I came forward, because this was not just a message for Laura. These are individual cases, so I'm not actually a co-litigant. It's not a class action suit. I'm a, yeah. I'm a separate litigant that will be handled way down the road, because I'm probably going to be one of the last ones to get mm-hmm. up, up on uh, the list. But this was a message to all of us. This was a way to say if you. If, if you keep push, pursuing it, you keep doing this, we will was come a message after to you. you? Yeah, there's more I litigants take it personally, yeah, because, you know, they know Laura does not have this gigantic sum of money to give them. So what are they getting out of this? What's the motive for this?
1: There is no reason for them to make that request except to shut people down, and the board approved it, and the board approved yeah. it and as far li- as we know, human beings, some human beings said yes. Go after Laura for that money. And I believe that if they had looked at the horror
0: and looked at their past, they would have said, there's no way we go after a victim.
1: Yeah, How can we help? But they're not dealing with, they're they're looking at the, the what's best for the institution and not what's best for human beings.
0: So what we're looking at is looking at children um, who are victims, uh, adults who are addressing that, and an institution that needs to be looked at. And hopefully the change that can happen um, and that will happen with the support uh, needs to be looked at. And there may be other institutions that need to be looked at, too. Oh, yes. We'll be right back.
6: Wild dancing, boisterous music, and a love story set against the backdrop of the Bosnian War. Park Square Theater presents Heaven by Theater in Residence Flying Foot Forum. A tale of finding common ground rather than fighting those who are different from us. Friendship, love, and painfully beautiful moments come to life through heart-stopping percussive dance. Balkan party music performed by Orkiz star BZ May. And driving songs by Chan Polig of the Suburbs. Heaven runs May 31st through June 23rd. Find out more at parksquaretheater.org.
4: Tom Hartman here for All Energy Solar. One of the myths about solar is that you save more if you wait. But waiting to switch can actually cost you more. While tax rebates make solar affordable, those rebates are often limited and decrease over time. So when you wait, you risk losing some of the incentives that make solar so easy to afford today. And besides, the sooner you get your All Energy Solar system, the sooner you reduce or even eliminate that high electricity bill. Make the switch today at allenergysolar.com.
3: Chances are, after spring cleaning, you missed a
4: spot. A couple really big spots, like your roof and siding. Run your fingers across your siding. You'll likely get a gross residue, and your roof probably has some black streaks too. Your roof and siding aren't always easy to clean, but they're definitely the most visible parts of your home that give it its curb appeal. So let Blue Sky Services clean your roof and siding. Blue Sky's safe soft wash method won't cause any damages and will make your home look like new. Right now, Blue Sky Services is running their summer special where you can get your whole house, roof and siding clean starting at only $447. That's the most viewed parts of your home clean for only $447. Then mention AM 950 when you call Blue Sky Services to get an additional $50 off. So get the curb appeal back on your home and call Blue Sky Services at 952-467-2447. That's 952-467-2447.
3: Uh, welcome back
0: to Connections Radio Show. I'm Laurie Fitz, your host, and we have been talking about uh, challenges and lawsuits and crimes against children. Uh, and this may be, for someone who's listening, a trigger. Uh, you may have experienced similar abuse. Um, you may not have had the courage uh, or the readiness to share your story. Uh We want to encourage you that people care and that there are resources that you can go to. I have two guests today, uh, Laura Stearns, who is an actor, activist, and who brought suit against the Children's Theater Company for um, her abuse, her sexual assaults, um, for what happened to her when she was at the Children's Theater. I have Gina Pantracy, who is a litigant as well against the Children's Theater, for a long time, she went as Jane Doe, in the, but she has been inspired by Laura uh, standing up and saying no to paying <laughs> bills for the lawyers <laughs> mm-hmm. because they came after her to pay uh, lawyer fees after the court had agreed that she had been abused. Um, and that's hard to wrap our mind around. But I'm first going to start with if folks feel a trigger, or folks are wanting to have some to know where to go for resources, um, Gina, can you share some of those with us?
1: Or Laura? Well, uh, one of the organizations uh, it's called it's called Rain R A I N N. It is the Rape and Abuse Incest National Network. Easy to Google. Mm-hmm. Um, also, there is um, Child Help Hotline if people are concerned about any child around mm-hmm. them. Um, that eight hundred four 1-800-4-A-CHILD, so the number four, and then spell out A-CHILD. Um, and those are resources. There are so many resources for people. And what I would suggest right off the bat is if you aren't in therapy, please find a therapist. And, and,
2: and if you've tried therapy in the past, there are new treatments for yes. PTSD that are available.
1: EMDR I, is one of them.
2: Mm-hmm, there's some new medications. There's a... a, a shot that can go into your nerve and your brain and so there's a there I know that doesn't sound very pleasant but <laughs> well when you're, dealing,
0: you're dealing with when you're dealing with chronic
2: PTSD mm-hmm. that impacts your life in every facet of your life
0: because it doesn't it's not the past
1: no it doesn't yeah. pick and choose yeah. it, it, it it infiltrates every aspect of your life and then we case. also
2: wanted to talk to parents trust your gut if something does not feel right or seem right follow up on that and allow yourself to be suspicious. It's okay for you to be wrong. It's better for you to be wrong than right mm-hmm. and make embarrass yourself and pursue a, a, a suspicion than it is for you to look the other way.
0: That's their right. Yeah. And, I, and to be silenced or to be not believed um, perpetrates more trauma.
2: I just had a... a friend of mine who said her son was going through catechism and the priest insisted on the interview being private and they shut the door on the parent. And she objected and said, that's not okay. And he said, do you want your son to go through this catechism or not?
0: So a threat. It was a a threat threat. that follows. Abuse of power. Yeah.
2: And so parents have more power than they realize and teachers and neighbors and you know, there are lots of other p- p- adults around that can see things and act, take action.
1: Specifically,
0: with this lawsuit, mm-hmm. what do you want people to know? What do you want uh, them to do?
1: Well, I think specifically, I'm just going to speak to the boycott. Yeah. Um, th- that the reason that I felt driven to that point was that there was no other option for me but to sort of push back.
0: And I, I should—I don't think we made that clear in the in the last segment. Mm-hmm. That after uh, Laura was threatened to pay for the uh, legal fees fees of the children's theater company, uh, the way that she stood up was... Saying to all in the theater community and all in the Twin Cities community, this is wrong. I encourage you not spending your money at the Children's Theater Company. I encourage a boycott.
1: And a lot of people really listened to that and they were appalled and they should be. And where I'm at at this point is, you know, Children's Theater withdrew that, thankfully. And uh, and that doesn't change who they're being that there are people making decisions in that institution that are still putting children at risk. Well, the culture is still to, the cover-up culture. That's right. So um, yeah. Gina speaks really well to this about children that are showing up in those in that building yeah, now, not are, just the students, but children that come to see the show. If,
2: if we assume one in four girls and one in six boys are victims of abuse at some point, the number of children that, that are seeing plays or taking classes or performing at children's theater, they need to make the assumption that they have victims there right now. Maybe, hopefully, not victims of the the theater anymore. But the way they're responding the to this, the way they're responding to this is sending the same message that children get: if you speak, you will be hurt. No one will believe you. Uh, we will seek to.
0: And, and punish we'll, you, and we'll kick the the greatest. Threat, you'll no longer be a part of us. Right. That whole yeah. initial yeah. that you felt like you were part of the, of the tribe. Yep. You yeah. will be ostracized, and right. you will no longer be part of the clan. You'll no right. no. And we will we will shun you. Yeah. Right.
2: And it it's it sends a message that is being heard by children. That it's
0: dangerous to be the theater to to speak out. They might think they're just
2: sending us a message, or their insurance companies, because there's insurance coverage for all of this. This is
1: a liability issue. This is not taking down the theater. It's getting the insurance company, travelers insurance in particular, to do their job of paying for the liability. If
2: I get in a car accident and rear end somebody because I slid into them, I don't drive away and say I didn't do that. You say. I did that. That was bad. I couldn't help it. Maybe it was, you know, it was not
1: it was slippery, what I wanted whatever. to do. But but the insurance my, they, covers it.
2: And you own up to it. Children's Theater is saying we had no responsibility for the children under our care. That's their platform right
0: now. We because had they zero
2: responsibility. Because
0: they're saying that happened under a different administration. So no, the
2: institution can't the be institution held accountable at the time. They are at saying the time, at even the time. at
1: the time, they're saying that, yeah. and they don't really want to acknowledge the fact that. The reason their jobs exist today is because of the silencing of the victims then. then mm-hmm. They would not have the theater today. They wouldn't have their jobs right now if the right thing was done back then.
0: So there's a code of behavior yeah. that everyone is encouraged to do by not saying, by not speaking up, by not saying these. having boundaries is safe. I don't want to have, not, not at, have boundaries. At the
2: time John was arrested in 84, they the, the administration – locked down on the kids that were victims at the time, which I was one of, and they silenced us. And so it didn't go any further than Donahue at that point.
1: I have one quick thing I want to throw in here. Google trauma brain. People want to understand what happens in the child or in anybody who has this kind of Google trauma brain. Find a video and watch it. It'll be very informative. It's very
2: helpful to understand that.
0: Thank you. Thank you for standing up and telling truth to power and asking us to support you to do what's right. Thanks for the platform.